Well, I think most of you know who Roger and Ruthie are. If you don't, you're going to soon find out, right? So Roger, come. It's been a joy to uh, get reacquainted with them, and he's been at the camp for many years, and uh, so he's going to share with us this morning what the Lord's put on your heart. Lord bless you, brother. Well, let's pray together. Jesus, we ask that you would speak to our hearts. We ask that you would be um, in and around and through us in such a powerful way that we sense that um, you are real and that you care about us and your love for us uh, endures forever. God, I, I thank you so much that you love us with an everlasting love and you're wanting to work in our hearts. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Well, I didn't uh, get some helpers, but I need a couple helpers to start out here. So if I could... Any uh, energetic young people? Here, you're one. All right. Tell me your name again. I forgot it already. Emery. That's Emery. I need somebody else. Somebody else in energetic. Right there. Okay. What's your name? Joe. Okay. Joe, you go around and I want you in a hand. I'll, you can kind of shake these and they'll come out and then give one to everybody on this side. And Emery, you go around to this side and give one to everybody. And if somebody needs to help him, if you, you want hey, you want to help him do the last half, it may be... It may be so everybody get a paper clip, and once you get your paper clip, while I'm talking, and we can, you got to be able to multitask already this morning. That's kind of at camp too. You got to be able to multitask and do multiple things at once, and think about more things than than you need to. But that's right. Maybe that's actually me. Maybe I need to confess this sin before me of trying to multitask. Um, but when you get your paper clip, I want you to fold it and bend it and do it something that re- it's going to be a, a self portrait this morning. So you're going to make a self portrait out of this paperclip. Now, it doesn't have to be a realistic self-portrait, unless you're like an amazing artist or something. Um, or you probably have to have a uh, pliers or something to bend a really good self-portrait. Um, make a self-portrait, and then I'm going to have a task for you. So while you're doing that, please work on making your self-portrait. Um, and then um, the next thing I wanted to do is I wanted to... Um, we. There's a pen for everybody there if you want a, if you want a pen. Um, I brought some stuff that says Bethel Camp on it this morning, and this is a shameless uh, plug. So what I'm trying to do, I'm actually trying to bribe. Well, bribe is a, is bribe a bad word? Oh, is, is it every? It's not in a good way. Okay, well, then we better not use it. We better not use the word bribe. So what I would love for to do is to give this to some of you, and my hope is that when you see it, you will pray for us. Because we really strongly believe that more things are wrought by prayer than this world dreams of. Therefore, let your praises rise to the Lord. So I'm going to give it out asking for, you're right there. She knows how this works. You said yes. And so there you get the, the green mug. All right. Uh, now some of these may be sized, so it may not be as easy. Here, we're going to go with a uh, camp. So there, there, you, 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 he's figuring out how it goes. Now, this means you got to pray for us. All right. Can you do that? All right. Um, and pray, you don't have to just pray for, please don't pray for me. Oh, I, I need to make a confession. I need to say sorry because if Mike thinks about me when he thinks about Bethel camp, I need, cause my goal, I, I, I've been failing. So Lord, I humbly confess that, and I'm, I'm not doing this in fun. I, I really would love for God to be the thing that you think of when you think of Bethel camp. Um, and I think that, I, I, I completely understand. Um, we associate people with things, and that's actually a really good thing. And our hope is that somehow each of us, all of us together, 
when people think of us, they actually think of Jesus because they're seeing his light and his glory shine out through us. So that would be our, our desire. Uh, got another water bottle. It's the white water bottle, right? I, I saw your hand first. So this is one of the games we play at camp. We do, we let the kids go in first if they can answer questions. So I've become attuned to try to watch and multi, and I don't always get it right though. Um, here's a little coffee mug. So who, I saw that hand right there. Can you pass that over to him? Now, this one has a size with it, so I have to figure out which the size is here, and I'm not looking up, so I'm not going to see. Oh, it's for a younger kid here. It's a long sleeve, but it's a an, a, a youth size small, I think. Yeah, youth small. Can one of your, or parents, if one of your kids can wear that one. There we go. That has a neat, some neat pictures of the lion and the lamb on there. This was our camp theme to follow Jesus. And this is another youth one. So I'm, I, you know, the thing that, um, I'm going to say a little bit more later, but I'm just really excited about the fact that God is bringing out, bringing kids to your community. And so this is another youth small. We got another one. Somebody else is a youth small. There we go. Um, now, and I, I guess we need to be careful that I'm not bringing merchandise into the house of God, um, or I, I, I want to shy away from that. So we don't want to be accused as uh, God said, "Make you've made in my house a den of thieves, and I don't want that to be the case. Um, but he want, we want it to be a house of prayer, so may, may that. Now, this is for somebody bigger, um, and you may want to not admit that you want to use an extra large, but this is an extra large. There we go, right? right. <laughs> I forgot your name. I should know it, but... Yeah, all right, Jonathan, okay. That's been the other thing that Ruthie and I have really enjoyed. I've got, um, I'm, I'm talking about two things at once. I got a large in the pink and a medium in this one. Who wants the medium? I gave you a water bottle already. You you can't double dip. Oh, yeah, you, you can, but you can, you can always ask for it. So who, can you, any of you guys use the medium? And who can use the large one? In the very back? No. I think it's an adult large. Check it out. And if you if you if you can't use it, then give it to somebody else. But um, Ruthie and I have just really enjoyed being here. The last time we were here, we were talking about Rob was the pastor, and we got to stay with Rob that night. Um, and we, we we think it's. Do you remember what year that was? It was like early two thousands, I think. So I feel bad that I haven't been back here. So I sure appreciate Mike that you. Um, but. We have been so blessed in the last little while of you guys sending people down to Kentucky. Um, we love having your kids as campers. Um, and I think that's something about camp is that um, Ruthie and I actually, when camp is not going on and we're there all by ourselves, it's, it's really boring. Um, it's not exciting. But when all these campers come down there, we feel like it's like this amazing gift that people give, like your congregations to send their young people down there. And somehow the energy that all comes together there. And it, it, it doesn't take much for me to just say, Hey, we're, we're going toward Jesus. We want to serve him. So when we have chapels in the morning and the afternoon, um, and the kids love to listen to God's word and get excited about singing. Thank you, Ben, for leading us in worship this morning. Um, as that happens and people rub shoulders with each other and 
God is in the midst in a powerful way, touching their lives. We just we feel it's it's an awesome privilege to be able to be involved in that. So um, all these faces that we've seen around here that somehow have touched our lives, we just want to say thank you to that. Um, who's our coffee drinker that wants a coffee mug this morning? You don't drink coffee, do you? He he, do, he does drink coffee now. When you're not looking. Well, you can have tea or other nice hot chocolate goes really good in that, too. I've got a sticker that you can put on your uh, golf cart there, or whatever you want. Stickers are the big thing. And a keychain. Anybody want a keychain? Here you go. Thank you for doing that. So are you guys working on your on your piece of uh, art? You're able to do it while we're going on? Very good. Now you're going to have to pick them up, aren't you? It happens to the best of us that we make mistakes, that's for sure. Um, I was also wanting to say and thanks. There you go. Well, they're, they're supposed to stay there so that you can get them out really easy, don't you think? I also wanted to say thank you for those of you who came down and helped during the flood. So July of 2022, I'm guessing you heard stories and some of, the, some of your campers were actually there um, when the, the rains came down and the floods came up and... Uh, we were glad that God had built the houses up for the most part. Um, we had one house that was flooded and a couple of basements, but. Oh, you've dumped them all in there? Okay. Then they're all con- contained in there and we'll just put them right back in here. Thank you. Appreciate it. Good job. So, th- and th- thank you guys for responding. There was many of you came down there. Lots of other ones of you were praying for us and trying to ask God to intervene on our behalf. There's actually MDS, Midnight Disaster Service, was there last year um, for about four or five months, and we're doing some work, and we actually were able to house them there at camp, so that was pretty neat to that those buildings, which, let me go back, let me finish there. So the, the buildings that we have there, we're able to use to help for these people who are building, and now there's another uh, group of conservative Mennonite disaster workers who are staying there at camp, we're able to let them use the facilities, and they're going out and trying to build four more houses, and I think MDS is building another four houses this spring to try to get people into it. So it's, um, there's still a number of our people uh, there in the local community who don't know exactly what they're doing for housing or trying to get back into housing or in temporary housing. So if you think about it, continue to pray for us down there with, with that whole situation. But it's pretty neat to have the the big building, and I guess you'll see some pictures of it. Um, and that was the next thing that I wanted to thank you guys. There was a number of times when... How many of you guys came down to help us when we were building our new dining hall and chapel? Can you raise your hands? Um, I was thinking specifically, because uh, you're building is built with the ICF forms, right? So I actually, when talking with Mike, that was part of our impetus to get um, use the ICF on our basement there on the new building. And then we were going to get you guys to help us put it up. Well, we were we got behind schedule, and so I remember the guys vividly. The tra- truck didn't get all the way up the hill, and they carried all this ICF back up the, up the hill and loaded it all and put it in all in big piles, and then eventually it got put up. And then I think you guys came back and put some drywall up too right, later on. I just have a memory of some of these guys holding up five-eighths inch drywall all above their heads in the stairway and trying to hold it up while other people were screwing it up. Was your drill there at that time? Did you bring your drill, possibly? (laughs) It could have been the same drill that was long. Um, So uh, thank you to those. And without that building, it's like when the flood happened, 
we were able to open our doors for donations that came flooding in and then make that place kind of a, a place of getting out to people. So it's crazy, all the donations. I was just overwhelmed by the people's generosity in that kind of situation who gave, first of all. So here we loaded this, our whole dining hall was pretty well filled with stuff to give out. And then we were able to invite our neighbors to come in and, and give out that stuff. And it, um, event, toward the end, we had some things which were hard to get rid of. We had one uh, 50-gallon drum of Clorox. What do you do with a... With Jeremy, would you know what to do with a 50-gallon drum of Clorox? He, oh, I should have brought it to you right there. But we, we eventually were able to take it to a nursing home who uh, they could use it because they were, I guess, with their cleaning supplies. But here we had... We had lots of small things of Clorox, and they were much more useful when you're going and cleaning out a house. But a 50-gallon drum, that was, I, I didn't expect to get donated, but we were thankful for it. And so we were able to clean out then by last summer when camp started because we had all these kids coming, and it was neat to see how that all worked out. So thank you again for the way that you guys have partnered with us. Um, are you ready to... Well, let me, let me, let, let's watch, can we watch the video so you get a little bit of a picture? Maybe I, I've talked a little bit, but oftentimes uh, some pictures are worth, worth a thousand words. So here's a little bit of picture of um, some of the ways in which God worked among us this past uh, year. So go ahead and run that. I may talk a little bit while, while things are going on. Wrestling there, that was that new building with the, the rock side on it. Here's registration time when all they're, they're getting ready to out. find out which cabin Your they're in. Great love will lead me through. Who's going to be their counselor that week? The girls go up this way to the girls' side. The boys go the other direction. We also found that it's really good to have another group of people that you're close to um, so they have a, a team that they work with all week. And you never know what the team names may end up being and what kind of games you may have to do in order to figure out which team you're on. We also have a special needs camp for one of the weeks during the summer camp. That was some pictures of some of our special needs campers. And this is our family camp that we've been doing the last three years. And there's lots more campers trying to figure out their team and earn some points for their team. There's Mark Driscoll, our summer camp pastor. He and his wife Mary have been helping us almost as long as we've been there. We appreciate him bringing the word to us every time. Ah, I recognize somebody there. Did you? The high school campers usually get the, the opportunities to go down in the canoes down in our creek. And that looks muddy. We get plenty of rain down there at camp. There's a small creek that comes down through the camp that we're thankful the Lord provides the water. And on a hot summer afternoon, it would not be fun to be doing that uh, today in the cold, but uh, in the summer, the water's a lot more fun. the grass still didn't wasn't quite back after the flood it's just slowly coming back and it's also was a really muddy week but um, 
day camp with the youngest kids. Those are the last day's Olympics when they're trying to earn a lot more last points for the team. There's some enthusiasm in the chapel, singing some songs to praise the Lord. There's something powerful too about uh, spending time like drawing and creating something. In the same way that our God was a creative God, I think He wants us to be creative people too. our recreation leaders they can come up with some of the most interesting games um, you never know exactly what's gonna how the game's gonna be that was a worship workshop where we were encouraging new people to play instruments there's something powerful about the word of God impacting our lives and being able to be part of our lives gotta get that five five back there's a red spotted F. You never know what kind of little creatures are around. That's our gaga ball, which is the Hebrew word for touch hit. So it's kind of like a dodgeball game, but it's a touch hit. You can't grab it and throw it. You just have to hit it. And the can't the hayride. Cook has cooked lots of good meals for us and all his helpers. points for your team by being the fastest one who can find verses. And after the shaving train fights, you have to get cleaned off in the shaving train. Small fish. They're not very big, but they're actually kind of fun to catch. 
see what the people as they're living in Christ's word, it makes a difference. That was a good catch there, wasn't it? That was our newest addition to the games, it was a pickleball court. There's some good teamwork that happens when you put two people in a canoe and they have to try to work together. Um, there's some good arguments that happen, and uh, I think it's a good lesson that in order to get down the creek, you have to work together. our newest little one. Cora is Cody's daughter and then they've got a little boy Ezra as well. And we really are excited about having them there at camp. He's got a, a drone and that's where we got these, this footage with. As he was flying over the top of us. The trees don't look like that right now. They've all lost their leaves and so you can see down through there quite a bit different. So it says, Bethel Camp exists to help individuals experience life change by knowing Jesus Christ personally as Lord and Savior, growing in relationship with Him, and showing Him to others. That's what we'd really like to see happen there, that people would first, I mean, there's some people that just need to know Jesus. They've never met Him, they don't have experience with Him, or maybe they need to know Him in a new way. And then the next thing is to grow in that relationship. We're, we're never static. We're either going to get closer to Him or we're going to get farther away. And then uh, part of that is also showing Him to others. So we would love it if you'd be able to pray with us. And we thank you for all the ways in which you've encouraged us in, in the past. There was all kind of thoughts that were going through my heart, my, my mind as I was looking at it. And one of the things that I, I was probably thinking the most about was the fact that each of those kids or those people that were involved there, and, and as I'm looking out here, God loves each one of us individually, and he knows where we're at. So that's part of the reason that I wanted you to make a uh, uh, little self-portrait. So now you have a little experiment that I'm going to give. I'm not going to give you very long, so you have to go pretty quick. But I would like for you to get in groups of three, four, five, whatever works out really good. And I want you to explain your self-portrait to those in your group. All right? So just tell... Um, people, why you drew the things that you did or why you made the, it into the shape that you are and how this represents you, all right? So you got uh, four minutes. Can you do that in four minutes? Five minutes, maybe? So get with your group and start, uh, and then I'll pull you back together in just a little bit. Share with each other. Did you find out something about somebody that you didn't know? Or was it all old hat? One of the things I think that's really powerful about something like that where we share something of who we are, in some ways it's almost an act of confession when we make ourselves available to somebody else and we say something, this is, this is who I am. And in some ways it's, uh, 
it's saying this, you know, this is who God created me to be. This, this, I, and I'm really excited about this. Usually though, what I find is also in the midst of it, there's some apologies or some things that we see that aren't quite the way they should be. And I think that's a powerful thing that we can do. And in fact, God calls us to do that is to confess our sins one to another so that you may be healed. Um, and we as God's people desperately need that. That I, I probably my, one of my favorite times of, of camp is a lot of times on the last night, and it's really hard to get pictures of it, but we oftentimes have a campfire the last evening of camp. And we divide, we've been dividing into groups after that. And the group will sit around and share some of the things that God's been doing in their hearts. Sometimes God's been moving in some powerful ways. And as I listen in sometimes on them, a lot of times I won't. I'll just sit and I'll pray for them as they're, they're spending time together. But I hear reports back from my counselors who say that it was a powerful time as different ones of the campers would explain what was going on in their hearts. And then the next camper would say, yeah, I kind of understand that. And the sharing of those kind of burdens that's oftentimes we put on a mask that doesn't allow those kind of things to be shared. And when we open up and say, uh, this is actually who I am and I need God to impact those kind of things in our lives. I think that's the first step that God says he, he resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And so when, whatever it takes, when, when God is able to get me to the place where I'm able to bow my knee and no longer have to be self-sufficient at that point in time, he can come and his grace can empower me to do things far beyond that I could ever ask or imagine. And so I appreciate those times. And sometimes it's just being in nature. We You sang that song this morning, Ben, and I really appreciate that. Oh, Lord, my God, when I in awesome wonder, and I consider this, sometimes my interaction with nature or with the, the natural world makes me realize who I am and my relationship to him. Um, then there's all kind of things. Sometimes it's my relationship with people. Or maybe I've ha- got a relationship that with somebody that just is not working. And you know that verse in Romans, it says, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live with peace with everyone. And I'm like, oh, I've got to live with peace with it. But in, in that same verse, it actually says, if it's possible, as far as it depends on you. And I think we've all experienced that there's times where it just seems impossible. And two people are trying to talk about something and we're just not seeing eye to eye or for whatever reason. And at those point in times, I'm also reminded that I desperately need God's grace somehow to come in there and fill the gap that, that that's needed to, to go in order for God to be glorified in our relationships. And then there's lots of other things that bring us to that point. So may we be the kind of people who God um, is bringing to our knees so that we can see him clearly and that he can do things in our lives that that take away the things that are rough, jagged edges and bring about his glory. If you want to turn with me in your Bibles, I wanted to spend a little bit of time in 1 Thessalonians in the first chapter. And as I begin here, I also wanted to say thank you. I'd, I'd said thank you for a number of different things. The one thing I hadn't said yes, so I said thank you for the campers that, that have come down there who have encouraged us, the workers who have come down to camp and helped us out. And I think this kind of same thing happens as you guys are ministering in your community. I'm just really excited to see here what God is doing among you as a Turkey Run Mennonite Church. 
Um, Mike was telling us a little bit about the history last night, and then he said this morning, looking forward 200 years, what will it be like if we uh, read this book and see that this is some of the things that the Turkey Run people were thinking. Um, as Paul was talking about uh, these, these friends of his in Thessalonica, he uh, has some interesting words to go that I'd like to focus on just a little bit this morning. In, uh, let's just start right at the very beginning. It says, Paul, Silvanius, and Timothy, so that's who was, who was writing this, to the church of the Thessalonians, in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace to you and peace. That was his greeting to them. And then as he starts to thinking about them personally, he says, we always thank God for all of you, making mention of you constantly in our prayers. We recall in the presence of our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labor motivated by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers and sisters, loved by God, that he has chosen you because our gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in power, in the Holy Spirit, and with full assurance. You know how we lived among you for your benefit, and you yourselves became imitators of us and in the Lord. In spite of severe persecutions, you welcomed the message with joy from the Holy Spirit. As a result, you became an example to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. May we be able to be the kind of people that Paul is saying in a special way some thanks to them for. So the ones that I was wanting to say thank, I wanted to say thanks for our counselors. There's a, a neat opportunity that um, you have to be a mentor to some young people during a week of camp. And um, those of you who have come and spent a week down there, I want to say a, a huge word of thanks because uh, if Ruthie and I, uh, or even Cody and Joel and Ruthie and I, all tried to be the the, the only staff that was there for a week, it would end up terribly. And so having a whole group of staff members, some of who are worship leaders, some who are counselors, some who are working in the kitchen to make all the meals for us, some who are making a video, some who make take pictures so that we can remember the things that have gone on, and then the ones who are counselors in the cabin, kind of on, on the clock, almost 20, well, we say 23 hours a day because we give them an hour break in the afternoon that they don't have to be on. But they're with these campers for 23 hours of the day, and... Luckily, they do get to sleep sometime, but not too much all the time. Um, we encourage them to sleep because we don't want them to be up so long that they can't think anymore after a little while. But they have an amazing opportunity to be with these campers in a profound way, impacting them. Ruthie and I were um, listening to a podcast here recently, and this is kind of what, I, what caught my mind. It was a, somebody who was trying to sum up a little of the reason why people were staying in church or were leaving church. And the first thing they said that they were, they were saying that uh, 70% of the young people are leaving the church. And the guy who was doing the podcast said, well, you can look at that in a bad way. And you can say, man, this is terrible. This, this is crazy. Um, it actually also reflects what, it, what Jesus said. He said, Narrow is the way that leads to eternal life, and broad is the way to leads to destruction. So maybe we shouldn't be too surprised that those are the numbers that come out. But in his podcast, he said, I would like for us to focus on the fact that there are 30% that are actually staying in the church. That, 
Somebody's doing something right, and maybe, what, maybe what, what can we learn from those people who were? And his synopsis was this, that churches who, oh, now it's Larry Gold. Nope. Churches who are doing this right. Um, maybe I can read the small print. So here's the three things that he looked for as, that he saw that churches were doing right. And I would guess I would like to say, uh, you leaders, elders here at Turkey Run, it seems like God is doing something right among you because of all the young people that are here and that are listening to God's word and that you're keeping involved. So here's what he said. First of all, the young people who are the ones staying in church, are they've been equipped with a biblical worldview that makes sense of the actual things that are going on there in their world. In other words, they're shown how we talk about on Sunday, how what we talk about on Sunday connects with what happens through the rest of the week. I think that's a powerful thing that the young people that aren't staying in the church often have had this disconnect. For some reason, they come to church on Sunday morning, something is taught to them, and then the rest of the week it's something different. And all of a sudden, when you see this hypocrisy, I, young people are smart. And when they see that uh, you're not living the way you're talking, I, I, I don't agree with that. And so that would be, a, a in my mind, a reason to not stay with something if somebody's t- saying one thing and then doing another the second thing he said is that they make connections with older members in the member, mentors in the church. So the people who stay in, in church are ones who make connections with older mentors in the church, with people who have lived experience of what it means to follow Jesus over a lifetime. That's a powerful thing. Uh, I think there has been this push to say, we need to divide all the kids up into their Sunday school. We need to teach them what's appropriate to them and, and divide things up. But here it's saying, actually, there is a huge need for young people to have a connection with somebody who has lived this thing for a while and has experienced it. Um, and what I found is, you know, when I, when, when I first started um, leading camps, I was really scared. And I, you, you think I'm up here in front, and I'm, I'm, but I'm, I have my own nervousness too. Um, and I was scared to say the truth. But I found out that young people were yearning to hear me say something that I really truly believed in because they were asking the same kind of questions that I was asking too. Is this really true? Can it work out? And there is something powerful about speaking the truth and then living it out. And the third one that was on here, it says, these people who stay in the church, they become part of a vibrant community of people who are trying to live as if their beliefs were actually true. Um, if we're part of a community that says one thing and then does something else and, and aren't trying to live that out in a daily life or aren't even, sometimes I think one of the most powerful things is to say, hey, I messed up. <laughs> this really didn't, I thought I was doing the right thing and boy, I, it, it just didn't work out the way I was. And that actually, that act of, of confession is saying, you know, I was trying to live it out and we have a God because it's actually proclaiming the truth that the God who we believe in, who we talk about, he actually offers forgiveness, not for those who are good enough or no, he doesn't just give his bread and his wine, the, the, the body and blood of the Lord. He doesn't just give himself to those who have somehow earned the right to get it. But he says, no, I'm offering this to be, just because you need it. Because you can't make it on your own. And I think that's an amazing truth of the gospel. And if we live those kind of things out, live out the truth of our lives, that's, it's going to make an amazing difference. So may we be the kind of people, and I guess I also see that at camp. 
that God's given us the opportunity to do that at camp. So when um, we get all these kids there, we're able to share the truth of the scriptures, that we believe that God somehow came down and imparted his life to us and that his son who died on the cross actually has relevance for our lives today and, and the salvation that we so desperately need is found in Jesus Christ. And we can explain this biblical worldview and that God somehow created all of us and that he understands better than us what we're going about. And he said, I really want good things for you, that this this God is good. Even though there's challenging things that happen, how do we make sense of all that? And our biblical worldview says that God has a plan for us and he would love to work his ways in us so that his plans could be could be made. And then secondly, so when we're doing this together as a camp, we get a change, share that with them. And then we have these counselors who are there and able to be a mentor to them. They're not that much older. Sometimes they're just 17, 16, 17 year olds. And, but I, I'm amazed how much our young people idolize their campers. I mean, their counselors. Um, they'll come to me, you know, a year later and, uh, they'll say, do you know, you remember my counselor, he was this and yada, yada, yada. And he'll tell me, they'll tell me all about their counselor. And for that week, God gave this young person almost a, um, I'm going to say godlike, but not quite. Um, they put him on a high pedestal as a mentor and they're willing to follow their every words. And so I carefully warn my counselor. I say, now I'm warning you with an inch of your life. Your campers are going to go home and do exactly like you do. They're going to talk exactly. They're going to tell all the stories to their parents exactly what you told them. So you have a very important responsibility and, um, because you're going to be mimicked quite a bit. Um, that's a huge responsibility, but at the same time, it's a, it's a great responsibility because for some reason, these campers are putting hope in what this counselor is saying and willing to believe it. And that gives us the opportunity to speak truth into those young people's lives. And then the, the last thing there, that we become part of a vibrant community of people who are trying to live out our beliefs as if they were actually true. Um, it's, it's, it's amazing how much, uh, how important for, for our week of camp. And I think, uh, for us today, I'm excited about a church dinner at church, but spending, <laughs> spending time together over a meal is a powerful thing as we interact with people and live life with people. We see that uh, this isn't just something that we speak on Sunday morning or that this book would be some kind of dead theology, but it's actually a living, active, breathing thing that God is doing something in and around and through us. So look at these three things. I just want to share three things there from 1 Thessalonians. He says, we recall in the presence of our God and Father, isn't that, isn't that neat, the the perspective that Paul was saying is they say, I'm saying this to you in the presence of God. It's like as if God was watching over us. And we believe that with all of our hearts. He said he believes it with all his heart. In the presence of God, who's right among you and who's right among me while I'm writing this, I'm going to say these things in the presence of God. And I guess it also gives us perspective. We were in our Sunday school class this morning. It was just really neat to see that the one perspective of the last two Psalms that we talked about, I guess you kids didn't hear this, but the the first one focused so much on what God had done and his power. And the second one focused on the fact that we the, the people were really messed up, but somehow in the midst of all their mess ups, God was able to change 
and turn. He didn't want them to fail like that by any means, but he could actually take their failings and turn it into something profound for his glory. So if we realize that we're in the presence of God and that his powerful power is there with us, it's going to make a difference. And that's part of our mindset. Do I, as I'm walking around each, each week, do I realize that God uh, actually cares and is concerned about the things that I'm doing and saying, and that those things are going to have a profound impact for eternity? I think God would want us to say that. He says, he's, there, there's three, there are three things that he was excited about. He said, in the presence of God, I want to thank God for your work produced by faith. What is, what, is, what is the work that God is doing in you by faith? Or what is the work that he's producing in you by faith? Um, right now, we're, we're building a new building to replace the cottage there at camp. My wife thinks maybe we should call it the guest house because it's no longer a cottage. It's going to have six bedrooms in it, I guess, upstairs and downstairs. So it, we, we can't call it a cottage. Cod- what, does anybody know the definition of a cottage? Is, is there a definition of a cottage? Somebody told me it was like a one room, had, a cottage had to be like a one room thing. I, I don't know what the definition, anyways, we're, we're thinking maybe it's going to be called a guest house. But I think the challenge sometimes, or sometimes we get mistaken as people, we start to build something. Um, when we built our new building, we put a lot of work and effort into that. When, and you guys know how, and I guess you're starting a new building project here too, right? You're going to start building something new. Um, the challenge is to make the building the thing rather than people the thing. And so when I think here when Paul was talking about this, he wasn't thinking about um, edifices or great grand things. He was actually saying the people are the important thing. And I think buildings are important in, because our houses become a place where we can, the little place where we all spend time together. Our church buildings become the place where we can actually meet. And so these things that we can build can actually be amazing things. So let's, let's keep on building. Let's make the things that are going to work out great so that God's name can be lifted up and praised. And I, I th- I'm excited about what he's doing because you're building the things you're going to add on are going to be something that God's going to be able to use to touch people's lives. But let's never get confused and think that the work is actually the building and that somehow if we get the work, the building done, that we've somehow succeeded. Actually, God wants to use the things that we build, the and sometimes the organizations, sometimes even the businesses to build people. So he was thanking the Lord for your work. And doesn't isn't that true that it takes faith to do that? That kind of work. The fact that I believe that somehow what I'm doing, the conversations that I'm having with somebody are going to have an, a lasting effect down the road. And so I'm going to input, I'm going to give them myself because I believe that God has told me that in serving, it's going to make a difference in the lives of people. So we're going to do that. I'm, I'm willing to give that by faith. I want to be this work I want to see accomplished. Then he said, also, he wants to thank God continually in the presence of God and Father. I want to thank him for your labor motivated by love. I think that's a really another good thing to remember, that this is not going to be easy. It's labor. It's going to be hard. Sometimes my tendency as a human being is I would love to make things easy. If we can, like the staples button, right, you get to push push the easy button. I would just love to make things easy. And, you know, in some ways we probably should do that. We should try to make things as easy as possible. Let's not make it hard for people to, to come into the gospel. And says, what Paul, Paul says, let's knock down every stumbling block for those who are wanting to come to Christ. So in every, whatever we could do, let's make it easy for people to come to Christ. But it's going, let's realize it's going to be a labor. 
And maybe let's not try to get out of work. It's actually before the fall, do you know that God gave people work to do? He gave Adam and Eve work to do because work is, was still good. Work is not a bad thing. Um, it's actually an opportunity to use what God's given us. And so our labor, which is going to take time, but it's motivated by love. Could we be the kind of people that God says, I want your work to be motivated by love? By his, the fact that I am unconditionally loved by God. And because sometimes in my humanness, and I have to bow my knee before the Lord and say, no, I, I've done it wrong. Sometimes I do it because it's going to make Roger look pretty good. Yep. <laughs> I did that and I did that. Yeah, just look at how smart I am. How I could figure out what we needed to do. And then God says, no. Actually, that a lot of those things were gifts of grace. You couldn't have known the end from the beginning. And I'm usually reminded of those when some of my grand plans and my grand schemes that I just think are the best things since sliced bread, they fall flat on their face. And my wife says to me, no, Roger, that's not going to work. You can't do that. And I, and I, and then after my pride calms down and I get less angry, then I say, yeah, you're probably right. Um, and those things that worked out really good, weren't actually really my ideas. That was probably the Holy Spirit moving in me at the right time in the right place to make his. So if my labor is prompted by love and not some kind of selfish ambition, those are going to be the kind of labors that actually last for eternity. And the first thing, the, th the third thing that he was thanking God for, he said, I'm thanking you, first of all, for your work, the things that you're doing, you're investing in people, and the fact that your labor, you're willing to give of yourselves because of love, and your endurance inspired by hope isn't that the easiest thing to quit on like i'm i'm all for you know doing something that can get really done and this is my hardest thing you know i, I get all these projects and you know what the project that i love to do the best the one i can complete by quitting time today and i'll graduate to that i mean I'll, it, it, invariably if i can find a project that i can finish in the next two hours because i finished the project and i'm done and i feel really good about myself i've done something and then here God says, no, actually the ones that um, I'm most excited about is the ones that took endurance to accomplish because they are probably going to be one of the ones that stand the test of time. If I'm just doing the things that are easy to do, um, it may be that I'm shirking my duties. And he's saying, I want to praise you guys for the work in the church. That's what Paul was saying to the Thessalonians. And I think God can be saying to, to, the, to you as you look back to the things that he has accomplished in you that took endurance are the things that are going to last. And may we be the kind of people who are willing to look forward into the future and say, you know, this is where I think God's calling us to. And that takes faith. Sometimes you don't know, we don't know how the future is going to go. And it's very possible that we could be pushing in a direction and all of a sudden it just not work out right. Maybe I can share one story in our big building project. I guess you probably heard some of this. That actually, David Moore was on our board at that point in time. We appreciated David's leadership at that time. He, he came and helped, helped talk me through this a little bit because we were out there and we were all excited, gung-ho. We had raised this money and we were getting started on the lower level. We're going to do the top level first and the bottom level first. And we had done some site planning and they'd done come, come and done drilling and said the foundation was going to be great. The engineers had built it all and figured it out. And we started digging and digging and digging and got this nice big pad. But we kind of noticed in the middle that it was a little bit softer than the outsides and then the inspector comes and he says eh, nope the middle there is not going to be solid enough for you to build the way your plans say uh got to change plans it's like no what god we, we were 
What, what's, what's wrong? And uh, God, in his way, over time, was able to say, Roger, don't get too excited. I actually have better plans for this. And so then after talking, and I, I was up, I, I, David confessed that there was a couple nights that I didn't sleep. We were talking about sleeping, and that was experience in my life. I had always been able to sleep really good. All of a sudden, I'm not sleeping. <laughs> I knew that there was something wrong um, in my own heart. And God was then able to do an amazing thing with, you know, he let things fall into place. The engineers had a different plan that we could work out. All it took was just a lot more gravel. And so after $70,000 worth more of gravel, the whole thing was lifted up a little bit more. And all of a sudden, when we put the request, we... we we, we didn't know what to do. And I said, we're, we're not going to have this money in our budget that we've been trying to raise. How is this all going to work? I, I can't, it, and we, all we did was say, we have a need. We put it out to all the, the people that we had sent our newsletter out to. And all of a sudden, because it cost about $500 a truckload for gravel at that point in time. And I think we needed, I'm not sure exactly. I was thinking it was on the order of 70 trucks, but I was thinking that was, anyway, so I don't, don't, got, don't got my numbers in my head anymore. But it was way more than I could. And all of a sudden, these checks for $500 started coming into our inbox. And Ruthie was recording them, and we were sending thank you notes out for them. And when I looked back on that, we would have never experienced seeing the grace of God in that situation if we hadn't had to go through the challenging time in the past. And so no matter in what kind of situations we are, I guess I would like to encourage us. If we're at one of those places where we were just excited and we're praising God for what he's doing because there's just some things that have come into, into place and we're just, it's, it's really working out good. Uh, if we're in one of those places where it seems like a dry time, like you can't even hear the word of the Lord. So how you say, Lord, how am I, how am I going to be able to follow you in this point in time? I, I, I can't even, I don't feel like I can even hear your voice. Um, at those kind of times, I think, I can assure you that God wants to speak to us. And so let's keep crying out to him saying, Lord, give us your wisdom. And in those times where we felt like we've heard the word of the Lord and all of a sudden things aren't working out the way it was, at those point in time, let's come humbly before God and say, God, okay, what do you got in store for me at this point in time that's going to actually be better? Because if he's promised that he's got good in store for us, then this bad that's happening now is not the good that's going to come in the future. So what does he have in store for us that's going to mean? So let's remember, just like Paul would say, let's make sure that our work is um, given in accordance with the, that God's doing the work among us that we want to be part of. And we're making sure that it's about people and that our labor is prompted by love and that our endurance is looking forward to the fact that Jesus has promised us hope in the future. Let's go forward with that. So thanks again. I guess I wanted to, I came with two purposes. I wanted to say thank you so much to you guys for the way you've supported us at camp, as well as to um, encourage us that God is doing a good work and he wants to complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Let's close in prayer. Jesus, you know our hearts. You know the places where we're at right now. And so we confess to you, Lord, that um, we don't have what it takes. And so our eyes are on you. We look to you as the provider, the author and perfecter of our faith. Because uh, you showed us that for the joy set before you, you endured the cross. You scorned its shame. And now you sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. You promised to send your Holy Spirit into our lives. And God, we're wanting to make a difference in the lives of people. I'm so excited about the lives of these young people in this church and the old people and the ones in between. 
God, you care about each one of us. And as you bring us closer to you and as you're uh, producing in us the, the glory that you want to re- be revealed through us, God, create in us a clean heart so that we would be able to manifest you. May you do your work of grace among us so that your name will be proclaimed among the nations. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.